Hello, it's Shelley F. Knight, bringing you Positive Changes, a self-kick podcast. show we're joined by Raymond Durfel and he is a men's coach and speaker so hello to Raymond. Well thank you Shelley. You pr- pronounce it wonderfully. Ah uh, you're too you kind. I've been laughing off air because I thought if I say that right it's going to be a good episode isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well yeah well let's see, let's see what happens. You never know. Bless you I think you're just being polite but thank you. I'm just going to call you Raymond from now on drop the surname. <laughs> So bless you. We started with laughter, but I know you've had the most amazing or ongoing journey to the man you are today, to the work you do with men today. So please do share your story. Well, thank you. Um, well, well, obviously I'm a man. And I think the whole journey was about finding what kind of a man am I? You know, what do I stand for? What do I long for? What kind of a father am I? I grew up um, in a broken home. Uh, my father, you know, he, he was either not there, and when he was there, he was this, this overly narcissistic, I'm always better, you're nothing, I know you will never amount to anything. So, so I grew up believing that I had, I had nothing, I was nothing. Um, my father and mother divorced when I was seven, and um, they, were, they, were, they were very violent towards each other, very violent. And my mother got depressed. So I made a decision when I was seven, subconsciously, to take care of my mother and my sister. And, you know, when you have a history with men, I'm talking about my mother, that are abusive, then, and there's no consciousness on that, it keeps repeating. So my mother got boyfriends that did the exact same thing. And my, my whole journey in that was, I was neither, I was not a child, I was either a caretaker, I was a psychiatrist, psychologist, I was a, a partner, let's so to speak. I didn't have sex with my mother, but you know, it, I was in all kinds of positions except of my own. So I had to figure out for myself, what is my place? What is my place? Where am I? What, what am I? Who am I? And growing up without a father, that's, I mean, especially for young men, that's, that's extremely, I found that extremely difficult. I grew up with, I grew up with women. So growing up with women means, you know, I, get an, I, I think I have an understanding of what, you know, difficulties women have from a young age. But I also understand the difficulties of being a man in, a, in an environment which um, resents men, because my mother really resented men. And, you know, for good reason, you know, for good reason, the things he's exceeded experienced, even though, you know, she, we, we won't let her off the hook as well. And... I believe the way I look at it now, if I, if I say this like, like really directly, I was castrated. I was a castrated, nice guy. So I, I tried to do everything right. Always smile and never express my emotions because I felt so responsible for everybody. There was no room or space for who I was or what I wanted for my needs or my wishes. And this is what I started to believe. You know, I started to believe with everything I've been taught, you know, you'll never amount to anything. You're worthless you're stupid, you're a, you're a man, you know, and, and you need to be, well, punished. 
because if I'm the only man in the family, you know, and, and, yeah, and my mother is angry at men, so I always felt I, I was the one that hurt my mother. I felt I was the one that, that caused my father and mother to get a divorce. And yeah, if, I come from, yeah, like I said, this, this broken family, it, that, was, that was difficult in a sense that, not because of the, the responsibilities I got or I took upon myself, but peeling off the layers like an onion, peeling off the layers, because the choices I made then helped me for a couple of years. They helped me survive. But surviving is like swimming in the water, you know, with your, with your fingers up and you're paddling and you're trying to keep your head above the water, that's, that's surviving. But I didn't want, just want to survive, I wanted to thrive. And in order to do that, I had to face things about myself and the relationship I had, especially with my father. Because even though I hated my father, he never showed up, he never showed up, you know, he didn't keep his promises, uh, lying, cheating, you name it, he, <laughs> he did it. And he's a, well, he's a, changed, he's a changed man now, but obviously because I changed as well. But at, at some point, I started hating him. I was loyal to him, but I hated him because I had all these, well, young boys, because I played soccer, I did judo, who had their fathers, you know, I played professional soccer when I was young. They had their fathers at the side of the field, you know, encouraging them, yeah, you go, you go. And every time I looked, there was no one. And, and I was like, I was a survivor but it had its, its limits um, because I would have loved having um, a father or a role model to really not just push you, but support you and encourage you, you know, to show you what, you know, what's like, how do you treat women? How do you treat women in a good way, in a healthy way, you know, in a loving way, in an understanding way. And, and I'm not saying that, you know, women don't have their things, they have their feet, but how do you deal with that? How do you deal with, with, with that without going into drama? Those were the things I would have loved to learn when I was young, but I didn't when I was young. So I, had, I taught myself when I got older and the relationship I had with my father was, was difficult. Um, when I was 13, um, I started working with, in his pizza. He, like, he was an Indonesian living in Friesland. Friesland is like a, a second language in Holland. And were you know mostly white. I was the only dark-colored person in the village I grew up in, um, and I lived. Well, I, I like I said, I worked in his pizzeria, so I tried to bond with him, but it never worked. So most of the times I got home and I was frustrated, but I blamed myself. I blamed myself. I had to try harder. I had to do better. Um, I had to work 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 harder to be a better son. That's what I thought. So then I went to, I think you call it high school. No, not high school, I was for 20s. I was like 12 to 16, you go, we go to a school here. That's before you go to university. And what I did, I was like, I'm gonna show, I'm gonna show everybody how good I am. You know, professional sports and you know, doing all my educations, right? But what happened, I, I got a kissing disease. You know, kissing disease, right? Yeah. Is it a country fever? Yes, something like that. So yeah. I was in my bed for three quarters of a year. Now, imagine this. My whole life was about the identities I had outside of myself. I was yeah. the soccer player. And then I couldn't play soccer. I couldn't do anything. Yeah. So I lost my identity 
I was in bed for, four, for three quarters of a year. Then I had to do the school year over, which was another huge mental blow uh, when I, at that time. And when I got out of it, I worked on the Saturdays as well in the pizzeria. I had, a, had like a, a motorcycle, well, well, a bit of a smaller one. I drove home and then I got into an accident. Someone just hit me and I was in bed again for three weeks. So, it, and I had a girlfriend at that time and I go, and she was gorgeous. And she was, she was a mom. <laughs> she was gorgeous. And then they, and, and I think, in, I think in the city, this is Leeuwarden, it's one of the top North cities of, of Holland. They called us Mr. and Miss Perfect. Cause she did these <laughs> deep passions. And, and it was like, great, you know, I'm, 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 I'm dating a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful girl. But she called me because she, she went to her sister. She, her sister was an au pair in, uh, in France. And she came back and I bought her um, like a card and like a gift. And I'll thank you. I'm so, I'm so happy that you're back. And she called me. Listen, um, I want to break up with you. I was like, what? Yeah, well, you know what? Um, the people there in France and the au pair the, that her sister was, they're all rich. And they all had money, and I don't believe you're going to, to, to give me that anytime soon. And I was heartbroken. I was heartbroken. And the things I, I heard, because I was so heartbroken, you know, what my father said to me then, well, plenty of fish in the sea. You'll get, you'll get over it. But I was so heartbroken. You know what I mean? I, I, I lost my, um, what do you call that, uh, professional sports. I lost, the, I lost the trust in my body because I was a, I was a go-getter. Um, then I lost my relationship and I couldn't sleep. It was a, I couldn't sleep for, for like for one or two months. So we went to the doctor to get me some sleeping pills, right? But the sleeping pills didn't even work. And then one evening, I think it was 17. One evening I couldn't sleep again. So I picked up the, the pot of pills. I went to the toilet and asked myself two questions. Do I want to be here or do I not want to be here? You know, what, if, if, if I felt like I had nothing to offer, if I had this idea about myself that I was nobody, that I, I was never going to amount to anything, that I lost my identities as a soccer player, that, you know, I, I had everything around me fall apart because I had no, I didn't have my own identity yet. So I almost made the choice to swallow those whole box of pills, but I flushed them down the toilet because I asked myself, if I'm going to flush them down the toilet, I want to make something of my life. I didn't know it was, was going to be hard. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. There was this one spark inside of me, one spark that, that was actually, you know, wanted to live. Yeah. I wanted to live. And, and making that decision also means, without even knowing it consciously, that it had consequences. Because growing up with, with trauma, growing up with ideas about yourself that aren't um, supporting in, or in, in any kind, you know, and overcome, trying to overcome them, now that can be quite, quite taxing and difficult. But then I got into university. And that liberated me in a way, because I lived with my father for a year when I was 18, and I really needed to get out of there. I really needed to get out of there because I flushed the toilet 
two or three times. I, I locked the door two or three times. I cleaned the kitchen cabinet like two or three times because it was so insecure of making a mistake. Yeah. And it, 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 I felt like if there was one molecule on the kitchen cabinet, I would be punished for, for, for some reason. So I was very insecure. So I was really, really anxious to get out of that house. So then I got into university. And for some reason that, that I felt liberated. You know, I was doing a um, sports and science education and I could do all the sports I wanted every day, every day. I lived together with two classmates and that, you know, they were also, you know, into sports. So we practiced every day. And then, but I was working in a gym for 30 hours a week, aerobics, you know, typo, steps, spinning, fitness. And I, you know, worked out at school for 30 hours a week. And I did a huge number on my body. But I didn't notice that until after I was 25. But, you know, before that, everything was fine. But then my study ended. And I, I was already in a course or uh, like an education for psycho-emotional therapy, so, you know, to become a, a, a coach. Because I, I was always, um, I was wanted, I was always curious about, you know, how the mind works mm. and how, how, does, how, do you, how do emotions work? And are they connected to the body, yes or no? So within my, my study, I did, I think I did, I don't know how many educations I did because um, I did all kinds of SK with neck, with backs, with pregnancy. I did climbing instructor. I did swimming instructor. I did so many instructor's courses because I was, I was raging with curiosity about life. <laughs> and it still didn't fulfill me. It still didn't fulfill me. And so I, I had a hole. I felt like I had a hole. And I tried to fill that hole with knowledge. And it brought me a lot, you know, it brought me a lot of knowledge, but it never gave me any peace. And so when I turned, I think it turned around 25, my whole body started crumbling down physically. I had back problems, huge back problems. I had inflammated Achilles heels. And, and, and I, was, I was trying to, you know, smile. Yeah. and keep everything up and it worked really hard you know i was so hard on myself because obviously if you if you think you don't you know you don't, you're never going to amount to anything and but you're a survivor and a fighter then you'll do anything anything to be acknowledged so i went to teach class with bruised ribs with concussions with um uh, high fever with splinters off my bones because I, I had to be this good employee. I had to show everybody that I was a good man. But instead, I was, I was destroying myself. And then years later, because I met the, 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 the mother of my son, and we started living together. And we had a son. He was definitely planned. He was so welcome. And I think he, we, decided, we decided to... Um, get you have children and i think within one week of her holiday she was pregnant and i was ecstatic because this was my opportunity to create a family of my own coming from a broken family and and there was this drive inside of myself that wanted or needed to have this this family together but obviously if if you hadn't dealt if i hadn't dealt with everything that was was going on in my, in my youth things had to change so my relationship um, ended and I felt like a failure 
And it was in 2010 and 11, 2010, the relationship ended and my son was about to become one. And in 2011, I found out that my um, accountant, you know, he was kind of cheating on me. So I had to pay the IRS like 25,000 of euro, 25,000 euros back. So uh, then I lost all my money. I had lost my relationship. I felt betrayed. I felt betrayed for, for some reason, because this was my, my whole upbringing, right? You're being betrayed, you know, everybody's leaving you. Yeah. And you're trying so hard. And, and, and when you try so hard, not, not just that someone is leaving you, you're gonna get a kick in your ass afterwards as well. <laughs> so I felt, it felt so unfair. And then I had, I had to sell my house. I lived in that house for 11 years. I had a beautiful, beautiful, like we call it, like a half, half well, mansion is a big word, but we call it Hira house. It's like a Lord's, Lord's mansion. And I was so proud of that. So I still had these outside identities. I was still looking for out, outward acknowledgement. And every time I did that, things fell apart. So, you know, losing my family, losing my money, losing my house, had to start over again. And then I, I fell into a depression. I fell into a depression for four years. And I hadn't, you know, for example, I hadn't spoken to my father in years as well. Because I was angry. I was so angry. But, you know, being depressed is like hanging halfway down the well. You can't go up, but you sure as hell don't want to go down. Because yeah. depression for me was a problem with expression. I had so, much, so many pent up, held in and held up emotions and feelings, but I was always smiling. Because I never, I never ever wanted to hurt anyone, but instead I, I hurt myself. Yeah. So growing up without a healthy role model, especially as a young man, you can do two things with this masculine energy. You can become explosive. So you, you see in the world, then you destroy other, other people's lives or you become implosive and you destroy yourself. So I think around 2010, I became addicted to porn. I became game, game addicted. I really liked playing video games, but then I became really addicted. I played, I think I played like eight, eight nine hours a day. Wow. Um, excluding all the porn I watched. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean <laughs> if anything, <laughs> there was so much energy and so much, so much energy inside of me, so much tension that I, I, I had no outlets. I, had, I, I mean, how many men have learned to really have a channel, to channel all that masculine energy into something productive and constructive mm. for yourself and for others? I hadn't learned that. So as I, I needed to find a way out. And that was either sex, porn, gaming, um, or, or hard working, because that was the only thing. Or doing sports. But when I got depressed, doing sports was like, it's like swimming, swimming uphill. I mean, waking up and feeling completely drained and empty and crying. But then I obviously still had work. So when the, the moment I opened the door, wipe off your tears, smile, and you know, and just, it looks like everybody, everything's fine with Raymond. Raymond didn't need any help. Wow, look at him. Look at what he can do. Look at all the courses he's doing. Look at all the work he's doing. Wow, you know, we should applaud him. But that was all of, you know, it was a mask. Yeah. I tried to keep my appearances up. I tried to be strong. I tried to be independent, even though my, my heart was craving, was screaming to let go. So, I was, like I said, I was depressed for four years. And I finally found, okay, let's start over again. So I found a business partner 
as someone who wanted to invest. So um, I started a new company where I, I um, diagnosed and measured um, professional athletes and non-athletes. Um, I also did treatments. I did um, dryness therapy and bioresonance and it was booming. But then I found out that my business partner, even though that wasn't what we agreed on, got almost 45% of my company. And even though I paid off 25,000 euros in one year, it still added up. So instead of, uh, so I borrowed 50,000 euros from him for the, for the devices. So I thought, you know, 50,000 minus 25,000, maybe with some interest, you know, I, 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 should, I should be on the roll, right? Yeah. And I found out it was over 65,000. And I was like, what? And I was stressed out because I was already working so hard. He was going to do the business. He was going to do administration. And so it's, I, I got invoices from another administration company. And I was like, what the hell is going on? But I, I really wanted, because I felt so responsible, I really wanted to pay him off. So I worked harder and even harder, harder, harder. And then my whole philosophy of, you know, because all I wanted to do was support and help people out. And I generally didn't ask very much from people because, mm -hmm. you know, I, hadn't, I didn't have that much self-worth. So I gave most of, my, most of my time and energy away. But I obviously had to pay him off as well. So I started working on more clients. But that was incomprehensible. Yes, incomprehensible. Yes. It became so difficult, I got into a burnout. But nobody, nobody knew. I always kept smiling. I, I kept blaming myself and accepting the blame even from my business partner. Um, and then I started up a franchise. I had six franchises. Um, and um, one franchise needed a, needed a device. So I bought a device from my father. And he, he still had one. So I hadn't talked to him in years. But I bought one from him for like 4,500 euros. And we sold, we sold it for a very good price. So I wired the 4,500 euros to my father, which, which name is R. R. Durfel. My name is R. Durfel. And my business partner thought that I wired the money to myself. Oh. And he took, he took all the money out of the company. He took all the money. So I didn't have any money. So I was burnt out, didn't have any money. We got into a huge argument and fight. And well, luckily, um, according to law, he, the law was on my side. So he, said he, he couldn't do anything. But I felt betrayed nonetheless. I was like, man, I worked so hard. I worked so hard. I, why can't you see that? So there was a second time. And I had a friend of mine. He was, he was ill for two years because this is a pattern. I'm going to explain a little pattern, which started with my father. And he was sick for two years. Um, I treated him. I helped him. I, I spent a lot of time and energy in him. And we became even better friends. And then I taught him the treatments. You know, I, um, I was taught treatments for, for you know, putting vertebrae, uh, et cetera, in place um, with a typical massage. And I taught him, taught him that. And so he's making good money off it. But then I found out that behind my back, he was telling people that I was, was an idiot. I couldn't do anything. I had no knowledge, no experience. And he taught these, he taught him, he taught this treatment himself. I was like, what? How is that possible? So that was another betrayal. I was like, what the heck is going on? I, felt, I was so angry. I was so angry. 
And then I had a friend who lived behind my house for one and a half years. He built a shack, like a shack here behind my house. And he could live here for free. And the same thing kind of, kind of happened, even though he didn't talk to me behind my back. So he ended the friendship after, you know, after he left here and he wa wanted to sell me the, the shack for 750 euros. And I said, you know, I don't need that shack. You, you should get rid of it behind my, get rid of it. I don't need it behind my house. But then he wanted to give it for free to my neighbors. I was like, what? <laughs> for one, one and a half years, he wanted to give it to the neighbors, but sell it to me for 750 euros. Uh, but I still didn't get it. I still didn't get it. And then years later, I started another, um, um, I wrote a course, a course for chauffeurs. And there was a man who wanted to do the marketing for me. So I wrote the course and I found out, he, he sent me a message, you know, can you give, can you send me the presentation and, and, the, and the education? I want to do a um, presentation for a company and a few chauffeurs. But he, he, he took the he took the whole course and gave it to Ward for 112 chauffeurs. I was like, what the hell? That was another betrayal. Yeah. But it wasn't about the, the, the persons. It was about that I gave away my value in my life because I didn't value myself. I resented myself. I blamed myself for everything, for everything. These were the signs and signals of all the people that came into my life, which started with my father and my mother, especially my father. And then, you know, obviously when, when that sinks in, that, that kind of consciousness, that really sinks in, like, why, why is this happening? What is going on? But it changed. Because I've done, I've done years of ayahuasca, uh, mushrooms, combo. Um, and I also saw his own suffering. I could see my father sitting in a, in like in a well with as a young boy with his arms around his knees and I could see him and I could feel compassion for him. I was like, wow, you know, you came here becoming the asshole in my life. But I realized that you're not the asshole in my life. You were my biggest teacher. Yeah. You were my absolute biggest teacher. And if I can't find my self-worth, if I, am, I can even forgive myself for, for holding on to that pain for all those years, how in the world am I going to forgive him? How in the world am I going to live a loving, compassionate life towards anybody, truthfully? Truthfully? That's impossible. You mean you can act nice, you can smile, you can be kind, you can do all kinds of stuff for people, you can become a, even a, a, a pleaser, but it doesn't mean it's coming from a loving place. Definitely not for me at least. So last year, um, I invited my father over for Christmas out of nowhere because we hadn't spoken to each other for years. Right? But I had the feeling that all the things I went through, all the choices I made and to finding my own being a man you know, my own sexuality, my own sensuality, my own strength, my own ideas, my own way of living, because I was like a chameleon. I was always a chameleon. I could walk anywhere. I could talk to anybody about anything. But you almost never knew who I truly was. I hid that from everybody, including myself. But life has a way 
of bringing that out. Because all the things I've experienced is like, I call it, I call it like the soul calling upon this to make sure you realize what you're doing to yourself. To make sure you realize, I realized how trapped I was. That I realized how incredibly difficult I treated myself. How incredibly difficult I made it for myself. So these were loving lessons. Difficult lessons, expensive lessons, extremely expensive lessons. I mean, if I could get all the money back, you know, I'd probably be a millionaire or something. <laughs> that's but, but that's okay. That's <laughs> <laughs> just something on the outside. So before it was Christmas, I did an ayahuasca a weekend. And in this weekend, on the Sunday, it was the second day, uh, I had a beautiful journey. But then I think it was after 30 minutes of this last session on Sunday, I got jumped. And it was my father. And he was like, he was like clinging to my, to my legs and clawing on my legs and screaming, you're not allowed, you're not allowed, you're not allowed. And that continued for like two and a half hours. In my ears, in front of my eyes, everywhere I looked, he was screaming and, and shouting. Um, and whether or not that's true, because it could also be this idea I had about him. That, because I asked him, so, you know, I asked him, so do you, do you think I deserve a good life and love? And the answer was, no, you're not allowed, you're not allowed, you're not allowed. And I felt, I felt so heartbroken. I felt so heartbroken. And it even continued afterwards. I was sitting at the table and he was still screaming. I've never had, an, I've never had an, a ceremony like that. And suddenly it stopped. And I sat at the table and I think, shit, man. I mean, I invited, I invited him over in a few, in a few days. What, what will happen? How is he going to be? I had no idea. But then Christmas happened. And he came into in my house. I mean, he's 68 and he looks very young. I mean, he's very fit. And I've always, I've always admired that, that about him. He's always very fit and healthy. And he's a survivor too and a fighter. And we sat here at the table, this, this big table we have here. And before, before we, we came here, I had a call with my mother and she said, well, you know what, Raymond? I would really like to be there too. I'm like, what? <laughs> I want to be there too? I was like, yeah, that's fantastic. I said, yes. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't have imagined my mother being there as well. I mean, my sister, yes. But my mother, that was like fire and ice. But she wanted to be here. And then we sat here and we were like, my mother here next to my father. And I was at the head of the table and my sister was on the other side with, 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 uh, with her son. And, uh, no, my son wasn't there at the time. And I was like, baffled i was touched by the and still how beautiful it is to see the amount of compassion and understanding and patience toward each other and they, that we were truly listening to each other that there was nothing in between that there was no grudges no finger pointing and then i realized wow you know all the work i've done at least when i'm speaking for myself and, and obviously the work I've seen my sister, that, uh, my, my, my work that my sister has done and my mother and my father. I was like, wow, no matter where you come from, no matter what you've been through, 
no matter how difficult it was, and it has been, it has been extremely difficult. I've had many moments in my life where I wanted to stop and end my life. I asked myself many times, what the hell am I doing on this planet? I have nothing to, I have nothing to share. I have nothing to offer. I mean, if, 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 if all this kind of crap comes into my life, yeah, okay, well, if that's going to be my life, what's the use? But I didn't see the gifts at that time. I didn't see the treasure. Because there was one sentence that, that, you know, that, that really lingers. Only the best students get the most difficult tasks. Why do the best students get the most difficult tasks? Because they were meant to be great teachers. I have not seen, because I've read many, many stories and many books, not read or seen any story of a hero or, 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 or anyone that was important who hadn't had a difficult time when they were young. Yeah. Nobody, nobody, no exception. There might be some, some of some stories, but those aren't the most powerful stories. So the realization that all the things, the bullying I, I, I experienced, you know, the, the abuse, the physical abuse when I was, you know, when I was young, because I haven't even told that story. That's a different story. The, 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 the loss of money, like I lost my money three times and I had to sell my house. I lost my family. I lost everything, everything around me. But I never, you can never lose yourself. You can never lose who you truly are unless you make the choice not to engage with this person. And engaging with this person means also facing my own fears, my own doubts, my insecurities, my, my beliefs that didn't support me. The realization that I wasn't free. You know, iron bars do not a prison make. And I had quite some iron bars around me, even though I didn't realize it. But true freedom, true love, does not come just from, you know, the light part and being positive. Yeah. Is that stupid? It's stupid just to think that whatever it is, what a life is, is just about positivity. That's not. The real depths I went through, the real rabbit holes, is what taught me about who I truly am. Because demons are not demons. Demons are just beautiful lessons. We just treat them as such. I mean, I was, I was afraid of my demons. I was ready to fight. Let's go. You know, it's, it's fight your demons head on. You don't fight yourself. I realized, you know, when I fight myself, how can you fight yourself? I call it the battle of the titans. It's like the mind against the heart. Yeah. It's like, you have to make all these steps, you know, I have to make it work and I have to be strong. No, you're already strong. You're already making it work. I was, I had so much difficulty surrendering. I was, uh, I, I, I was, I was fighting myself so hard. It got me into a depression. It got me into that burnout. It got me into all these situations because I was fighting my own being. I was fighting my own past. I was not accepting that which, what I had experienced in my life, that that was actually something that I'm not saying was my fault, but what I called upon to learn continuously until I learned. And I'll give you a little example. You've probably heard plenty of men and women telling you, I always meet the wrong women. I always meet the wrong <laughs> men. Always, 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 always. No, you don't meet, you don't always meet them. 
you just continuously meet them because you haven't learned the lesson yet. Yeah. It's not their fault. It's not your fault. They're, they're just there to mirror you something about yourself. Whatever that may be, if you're willing and able and open to look at that part of you that is drawing that towards you. Because these assholes or, well, I call that's called them bitches. <laughs> they're, not, they're not there to, to make your life miserable. Because, and, and here's the beauty. I hear a lot of talk about, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in my strength now. But they still continuously have drama in their life. Yeah. They still have people that cling onto them. Oh, man, and I'm, and I'm trying to keep away from those people. You don't need to keep away from, from anybody. If you are truly in line with yourself, if you've learned that lesson, you will not need those people in your life anymore. They will naturally be like, you, you, you'll be a naturally repellent yeah. in your energy. That's the way it works. And it's, it's beautiful because the lessons, and I'm not saying that the same lessons can't repeat. I, I'm saying that I continuously have the same lessons but on deeper levels. It's like the consciousness of those lessons becomes deeper. And I started remembering on a deep level who I truly am, why I am truly here, what my, what my responsibilities here are, and to accept them, lovingly accept them. So it's like playing soccer in, in a major league, and then you, know, you became, become a champion, like an expert or a professional and you continue to the next league and it's a whole, you know, it's the same game, yeah. but on a different level. And this is because I hear this from my clients as well. well you know, I, I, I still haven't dealt with my father's issues. Yes, you have, you have, <laughs> but not on this level. Yeah. Not on this depth, not on this height. Not with this magnitude, not, not with this presence, not with this power, not with this mindset. I mean, the last time, the last few times that happened, I, I, you know, I, I was depressed for four years. Now I have a hiccup of two days. That's progress. Yeah. The same kind of processes, the same kind of lessons, but on a, on a different level. So this whole process of, especially the process of becoming the man, not just becoming a man or a good man or a real man, whatever that may be, but to realize, you know, what kind of values do I have and what kind of beliefs do I have at this moment that are supporting me and, and others. And they might change because I realize all these emotions, all these traumas, all these stories, all these beliefs and ideas, they're not me and they're not you either. And the moment I could, could separate myself from them, I could see those for what they are. It's like clouds coming in front of the sun. They pour out some rain, but sooner or later, they're going to go away. I don't need to blow at the clouds. Like, <laughs> it's, not, it's not like they're going to go away faster by trying to be angry about, you know, you can sit there, oh man, this rain is really killing me. No, you can be angry or whatever, but the clouds are not going, not going to go away faster. Yeah. So sit down, accept that it's raining at this moment. And maybe the rain is there for a reason. You never know. But if you're willing, truly willing to engage with those reasons, and they might be difficult, 
it might be extremely difficult. You know, I, I had, when I faced parts of myself that I didn't like, and I still encounter some, some of the things. For example, this week I found out that a part of me um, I call, well, it's not spirituality. Um, I've always seen, seen pictures in my head. When I speak to people, when I touch people, I have pictures or words, but I always push them away. But l recently, when I close my eyes, I start seeing colors and, and light. And I'm like, I don't want that. But there's something that wants to come out. Yeah. And I literally sometimes feel someone is choking my throat. But it's not someone, it's me. I'm doing that. So I'm coming to a new, it's like in a new stadium with this, this new things that are emerging. I call it, you know, maybe seeing things that I have no idea what it is, but I know that it's there and knowing things without knowing how I know them. And I was reincented that because I always had to see it before I believe it. Yeah. But now I have to believe it before I see it. And that's a, quite a paradigm shift in my mind. So I realized that part of me is still a bit unfree, even though and I, this, is, this is a not so little secret. I, I weighed around 78 to 80 kilograms, pure muscle. But I was stiff, eh? I was like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was almost the immovable object. Because <laughs> having, having huge muscles and having tense muscles means there's an, a part of armoring. Yeah. And I think one and a half, two years ago, on my journey, I lost within half a year, six to seven kilograms of muscle. And I, I am more flexible than ever. I'm more mobile than ever. I started dancing in my ayahuasca. I started dancing and <laughs> can I dance? And it's not that I am dancing, it feels like I am being danced. I mean, with that body of mine, like 78, 80 kilograms, it was yeah. impossible to be this, you know, this sensual with my body. And, 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 and all, you know, all these, these little nuances I can feel and, and the, the, the tingling in my eyes, the, the, light, the lightness in my head. It's always had this dark blanket over my head, you know, it was always in my mind and always overthinking stuff. And I always needed to know everything before I started to believe it. Like I said, you know, first I have to see it to believe it. And now it's, there's more like an openness. And it doesn't matter what kind of lessons I still have to learn. Because it will happen if I have to, if I have to um, experience some difficult stuff. It's there. But that's not the thing. The thing is... How am I handling myself? How am I going to compa be compassionate and understanding towards myself in this situation? It's not the things that happen that matter. It's not the people in your life in the fact that matter. It's how I treat them. How I engage with them. Am I fighting them? Am I resisting the lessons? Or am I open to, to be, to the lessons, to the beauty, to the gifts? Am I open to it? And if I'm open to it, do I have the tools, the capacity, and the understanding to read between the lines of whatever comes on my path? And I think I can wholeheartedly say, yes, I have. And I think where I come from, with all the resistance I had towards myself, and all the resistance I had towards everything I've experienced, 
and all the resentment I had towards the people that were in my life that gave me difficulty, even though they gave me beautiful lessons, that has been extremely liberating. And I feel extremely grateful for all the people and all the situations in my life that created this difficulty for me to be able to see what I see now, to be able to do what I do now, to be able to feel what I feel now and express myself and do the work I'm doing now. I mean, finding my own manhood and masculinity, my own fatherhood is still an ongoing process. And now I'm, I, I can help and support other men in finding their own, bringing men together in brotherhood and friendship. I, I, feel, I feel extremely blessed and happy that I'm, I'm able to provide that for other men and for myself because I'm still learning. So yeah, well, that was in a nutshell, because I, I think I will write a whole book about all these, all these stories. But I think I've, I've delved into the core of the story, um, unless you have a question, obviously. No, bless you. We're out of time for today, but I just wanted to thank you for your, your, for your journey, your message, your inspiration. I think people out there, there's going to be so many men wearing smiles as a mask. So just thank you for joining us today. You're welcome. If you enjoyed today's episode, please make sure you subscribe and leave a positive review. If you would like to create your own positive changes, you can buy Positive Changes, a self-kick book from all online book retailers or from ShellyFKnight.com. If you need a dollop of positivity until the next episode, come like and follow us over on Facebook at Shelley F. Knight, Life Goes On. As always, I've been Shelley F. Knight and you've been amazing. <laughs>